to this week's edition of Style and uh, Style Ontario. I got my, uh, my co-workers texting me, my guests texting me, all, all at the same time. So let's re-edit. Welcome to this week's edition of Style and Empowerment Chat with Lauren Friends. I'm your host, Lauren Masrick. Happy to be here with you today. I uh, hope everyone is doing good out there. Um, you know, and enjoying this beautiful day. So let's start off with some some music news, and we got some Broadway news, and uh, you know, some uh, uh, a, li- a little uh, salacious and some positive things going on. Uh, so now 
And your musicness, uh, I'm a little kind of back and forth about this one and not really uh, completely sure how I want to want to slot this. But, you know, Demi Lovato, who in, you know, past years has, uh, you know, announced that she's gender fluid and then she had her, you know, mental health issues and, um, you know, her drug addictions and then she was, went to rehab and so she almost died and then she you know sober then a couple months later she's saying she's california sober which was her own version of sobriety kicking everything but pot then we all know that was from us so you know you know uh, she's on her journey <laughs> so um of course those of you who are familiar with her career um know that uh, years ago that she dated Wilmer Valderrama. Of course, rose to fame um, with Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson on that 70s show. Um, so they first met when she was 17 and he was 29 and they were doing uh, some PSA um, uh, service announcement, TV commercial stock. And they were friends for, you know, uh, you know a, a few years. And then around at the time, she was, I think, 18 or 19, and he was in his early 30s. Um, you know, they came out that they were dating. Now, for years, she has said in many TV interviews and radio interviews, though they first met when she was 17, that, you know, and she liked him right away and kind of threw herself at him. He said, no, look, you're underage, you know, you're too young, we'll just be friends, and, and that's it. And it wasn't until uh, she was older that they started dating. Now today she's releasing her first signal off her new CD and the song's called 1729. And in the song it talks about how, you know, I was 17 and this guy I was dating was 29 and basically <coughs> saying that this person took advantage of her age and you know, her young mentality. Um, and was dating her and having relations with her at an age that was, you know, not legally and developmentally appropriate. And she's been saying in so many words that this song is about her relationship with Wilmer Valderrama. So um, I, I'm like, okay, so what are we saying here? Because everybody's pointing out that, you know, over the years she has said in many, many, many interviews they didn't date when she was under eight. Now she's saying this song and it's also you think it will why now? Why, why by the timing? Now um, it's been established that Wilmer has been a ladies man and has, like in Justin Timberlake fashion he has said some private things um, about his ex-girlfriends in a way to kind of up his ego and all stuff in interviews and I mean honestly he's a jerk okay we'll just put it there. right but that's one thing but saying that you had a romantic relationship with a, a physical relationship with a, you know someone especially at that point an established star when you were underage that's like a serious allegation um, so then, but then we also know Wilmer Valderrama has a history of dating slash 
being friends, at least in the past, when he was like the Hollywood guy, with girls that are teenagers. So even if him and uh, Demi didn't hit it, <laughs> she was underage, still what's a grown man doing, doing friendships at the very least? girls who are 16 17 you know like he dated mandy moore she was 16 17 uh, and then he apparently went on the howard stern show like justin timberlake and said he was her first and took a virginity i was just so classy um and mandy was really upset and scarred by that and said well that wasn't true blah and she was really hurt because she looked at him as a real friend um you know so but I'm just kind of perplexed. Well, one, why are you coming out with this right now? It just seems kind of random out of the sky. And then why, why after years of, of saying that you pursued him and that nothing happened until you guys were of age, are you saying, um, you know, why, uh, why are you now saying you, you didn't, uh, you know, have a, a, your relationship at an age appropriate time? So, you know, and it almost kind of seems like, well, is this trying to get like above in people's pockets so that you'll, you'll sell some albums? You know, it just, it, it, it seems like a lot of mixed messages. Now, in other music news, Solange Knowles is expanding her creative repertoire and reach. So Monday, the New York City Ballet announced it has chosen Solange Knowles to compose an original score for an upcoming ballet production. Very cool. So the Grammy Award winner, um, her involvement uh, makes her the first black woman and the second woman of color to compose a score of a production by uh, more than uh, the 70-year-old ballet company. So very exciting. I always love to see women breaking down doors. Uh, Right, so uh, the ballet will be choreographed by Gianna Reeson. Uh, the current untitled production will premiere at the company's annual Fall Fashion Gala on September 28th at the Lincoln Center in New York City. Fab, fab, fab. Uh, so she's set to perform as well with a chamber ensemble that includes members of the City Ballet Orchestra and several of Solange's frequent collaborators. So I am so super excited for that. And, you know, Solange just has a real edge to her and, um, you know, unique artistic voice. So I'm really excited to see uh, where, where she goes with this. And it could be the first of um, many uh, more like pop and R&B, like non-classical artists collaborating with the ballet. Of course, uh, 
Two years ago, I think it was about at this time around, uh, Maxwell, he was the first R&B singer to have a residency at um, in Washington, D.C. at uh, the Lincoln Center at the National Symphony. And then, of course, he did a collaboration with the Atlanta Symphony. So it's always exciting to see from other worlds of music, uh, collaborating and mixing mediums. Uh, so now in other Broadway news, Angelica Ross will be the first transgender star of Broadway's um, long-standing um, musical, Chicago. Uh, so... Uh, the post star will join the cast of the smash musical Chicago in the lead role of Roxy Hart. Pamela Anderson recently um, uh, was uh, starring in Chicago and got rave reviews. Uh, so and now uh, Angelica will uh, was just confirmed Thursday, and she'll be the show's first chan transgendered leading lady. Uh, Ross's acting credits also include American Horror Story, uh, and her, her run will start September 12th, uh, right in the middle of New York Fashion Week, and uh, conclude November 6th. And so everybody's really, really excited. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see the take that she, you know, puts on this role. Um, and so the vice president of GLAD uh, had released the statement that this is a true talent like Angelica Ross will delight audiences with her impressive acting, singing, and performance skills. So, uh, you know, New York's always the best place to, to, for theater and uh, lots of great uh, things to do. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, and now, uh, in, in a little bit more serious news. So, um, Latin music icon Shakira has been in a little bit of hot water. So, uh, the pop star could get eight years and two months in prison as she is convicted in her expected trial for alleged tax fraud. So, prosecutors in Spain said Friday that they would ask a court to sentence Shakira to eight years and two months in prison if she is convicted in her uh, expected uh, trial for tax fraud. So apparently um, uh, Shakira is charged with failing to pay the Spanish government $14.5 million, that's not a small amount of change, um, in taxes between the years of 2012 and 2014. Prosecutors said they would also seek a fine of 24 million uh, euros, um, you know, or 24 um, million US dollars. So the indictment details six charges against Shakira. Um, and so they're saying that when her and her ex-husband had a family home in Barcelona and they split you know, a good part of the year at that residency, that they should have been paying taxes in Spain. Uh, so 
she, of course, uh, just recently ended her 11-year long relationship um, with Gerard Kay, who she has two children with, and you know, the residency was um, in Barcelona. So, you know, moral of that story, if you're going to build a residency, even if it's part-time in another country, if you're going to buy a home in another country, uh, even if you're just swooping in for a little bit of time, know the tax laws, you know, know what's supposed to go to who, when, and where, because they will catch up with you, and the longer you don't pay, the more interest you're paying, and the more, more you're paying, period, and, you know, then you leave yourself up for legal scrutiny, um, you know, so protect yourself, and, you know, when you're doing different investments, or you're going to move in with someone, have a back, always have your stash, <laughs> always, always know what, know what you're doing, so you, you're not, uh, uh, caught in these kind of situations. So hopefully that um, works out positively for all those uh, involved. So uh, this week we are um, have a really fun fun show planned. So it's all, all 80s hip hop. Um, uh, so we're gonna uh, start off on our uh, our first block of throwbacks and then the rest of the show we're gonna be talking all about the influence uh, and history of 80s hip hop and we have an awesome guest coming on to jump into the conversation with us Philly's own bandit the rapper uh, so enjoy some feel good throwback vibes and we'll be back with more style and empowerment chat with Lauren friends after this
Talking cha-cha-cha to this Mardi Gras. I'm the dopest female that you've heard thus far. And I do get better. The voice gets wetter. Nobody gets hurt. As long as you let her. Do my thing with an 89 swing. The dopeness I write, I guarantee delight. Until the hip-hop maniac, the uptown brainiac, in full effect, MC Light is back. And better than before, as if that was possible. My competition, you'll find them in the hospital. Visiting time, I think it's on a Sunday. But notice, they only get one day to shine. The rest of the week is mine. And I'll blind you with the science that the others have yet to find. So come along and I'll lead you the right way. Just clap your hands to the words I say. Come on. message of Africa Bumbada in the 70s, but it wasn't until 80s where uh, hip-hop started its journey of the cultural juggernaut that it is today. So in 1981, the first uh, female rap song, number one crossover song, uh, brought uh, the hip-hop uh, genre uh, into the mainstream was the song Rapture by then punk group Blondie and their lead singer Debbie Harry. Uh, so in that song Rapture, 
Did she performed on SNL in, uh, that year, uh, and she did this freestyle rap. She was good friends with Fat Five Freddy, uh, the street artist, and she name checked in the, in her freestyle rap, pioneering DJ Grandmaster Flash of the Furious Five, and also a Fab Five Freddy. Uh, now, Fab Five Freddy would go on to be the first host of Yo! MTV Raps uh, in the mid-80s, which brought hip-hop artists, fashion, slang, um, and it just the, the whole movement to teenagers and young adults' living rooms across America. And uh, Yo! MTV Raps and uh, John Singleton and Spike Lee at the time converging um, through their films, uh, what was going on in the streets and African-American culture and, uh, you know, MTV uh, moving into the hip hop lanes uh, would then enable uh, just the uh, gates to open for all um, kinds of new and aspiring hip-hop artists to have what they call crossover mainstream success and ultimately uh, the convergence of uh, it was such a special time because you had all these uh, now hip-hop icons like Queen Latifah, uh, Digital Underground, LL Cool J, all these acts who would converge on um, Yo! MTV raps, um, and then their music videos were, were, you know, would just cross over uh, in the mainstream, and then they would be touring, and the films and fashion all converge right at the, you know, same magic moment of overlap. Uh, and then uh, the hip-hop culture just exploded, and then that was the first layer of stages of hip-hop being the major influence uh, on all of culture, not only its own culture, but influencing all pop culture. So uh, we're going to take another musical break. When we come back, uh, we're going to welcome uh, Bandit the Rapper uh, to our, our show, um, Philly Zone. Uh, he has collaborated with Tory Lanez, um, Anne-Marie, uh, John B. Um, and we're going to talk about all the different ways um, that 80s hip-hop has influenced our vernacular, our slang, fashion, movies, um, the groundbreaking MCs, and we're going to talk also talk about his new album. So keep it locked into style and empowerment chat. Laura and friends are breaking you off with some great fresh grooves, and we'll be back after this. i 
say about when I was a young man back in the day. I'd see a young lady thinking she was fine, and I try to step to her just to make her mine. Bet. I proceed with the plan, telling her how I could be her man. Looking in her eyes while I tossed the face, and she threw it back right in my face. Now, I wanted this girl just to talk to me, but she wouldn't even take the time to walk with me. I got this, and that made me mad. So I ran home just to tell my dad. I had a question for my dear father. If girls treat you this bad, why bother? He said, you're learning something everyone else knows. Just listen close, son. That's the way love goes. The ladies got hotter and my luck got colder. Girls telling me I won't go for that just because young MC was not fat. Now by fact, I don't mean overweight. I mean making crazy dollars till they come on a crate. You see, I had myself a job and worked as hard as I could. But to the young ladies, it was just no good. Wow, I guess you can't win for losing. Having bad luck with the girls you're choosing. I said to myself, these babes are whack. But give me some time and I'ma get them back. For now, I manage my situation. I'm picking my women all across the nation. I'm having rough times with the girls I chose. But I'll have to deal. Cause that's the way love goes. Uh-huh. That's the way love goes. That's the way love goes. Who were treating me right? I found myself chilling at a discotheque, and the night went better than I could expect. One girl down for the whole evening, from when I got there to when I was leaving. We went to a place and got a nightcap. She said she was a model. I said, Yo, I rap. We opened up the window to watch the full moon, but the night was much colder than the afternoon. She started to shiver, so I gave her my sweater. I said, You alright? She said, Yeah, much better. I held her close, she felt good in my arms, and I knew this girl would do me no harm. Thinking how the two of us could be as one, then I fell asleep before my thought was done. Now, when I woke up, I was still in a place. In the morning sunlight, I could see her face. I tried to get up so I could start my day, but I nearly knocked over my breakfast tray. Now, this girl went and made breakfast for me. When last night was the first time she saw me, you win some, you lose some, I suppose. Well, I feel like a winner, and that's the way love goes. Uh-huh. That's the way love goes. That's the way love goes. Chicks that 
world supersonic 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 is a word when people start to listen especially bigger people they pay close attention you might not believe it you might not even buy it but when it comes to our lady you might even try it supersonic supersonic Try to bite our rhymes You may think that you are deaf, deaf But you're way sir, behind sir, So you better listen good to what we have to say Cause when it comes to JJ Fad You can get no play Supersonic Supersonic Now he's the freshest DJ From coast to coast My man can cut and scratch But I don't mean to boast He may be a little light But that's okay, cause when he cuts to the beat, it sounds this way. Hit it! Supersonic. Supersonic.
Come and take the shot, come and take the strength Come and take my hands, see where this could 
Welcome back to Style and Empowerment Chat with Laura and friends. So we're just breaking you off some new uh, music from this week's guest, Bandit the Rapper. Hey. <laughs> hey. You know I had to come on the show. Right? I had to. Right? <laughs> uh, so uh, we were just playing um, Faded. Um, and um, uh, I'm sorry. It's uh, because of... I'm tired of my mind's in 500 different places. <laughs> it's okay. We all have that moment. Yeah, you're right, you're So, uh, this is off of your new album, Lavender Sunset. Yes. So, we're going to get into all your tunes and the influences Let's and whatnot. So, but first, now, Banda has said this new album is inspired by 80s hip-hop. 80s hip-hop and pop. And pop. And just the yes. 80s period as a whole. Yes. So, you know, I thought it would be fun um, for those uh, of our listeners who didn't grow up through the, the great uh, era of music of the 80s, right. to, just to have some fun throwback, reminiscing slash, you know, music education. So, all right, so hip-hop has influenced so many aspects of culture. Um, initially, sure. it was a, a musical movement, but mm -hmm. then it now influences every aspect of culture beyond just hip-hop itself. Correct. So, okay, so, you know, hip-hop is, is an expression of language and, and was initially poetry. Mm -hmm. So it stands to reason, of course, that hip-hop would influence our slang and vernacular and the way way we communicate. So let's take a, <laughs> a fun rollback. Uh, you know, some of, this, some of these are just still good. I'm like, I don't really use these anymore. Oh, yeah. All right. So, you know, if, if you were having some romantic time, you, you you know you were hitting the skins hitting the skins yes <laughs> yes you know your girl was your shorty or your boo yeah 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 right? i think boo was more 90s but no yeah, i think they yeah, might have said that early bit, like, like, like late, late 80s, 80s. Exactly, yeah yeah same time exactly and then yep. your, your boo thing you know well mm -hmm. you know i think one of the songs um that uh, that made boo a thing was what was that something DJ's um, my boo you know I yeah I dream of you yeah <laughs> all right uh, so it's all about the boo and then of course if if you liked something um, it was dope it was uh, and they still use that word still to use that fly fresh off the chain. <laughs> all right it was it was hype you know it was bad all right bad actually meant good yeah uh, right uh, oh no we still do that too oh we she's still bad do that. yeah, yeah, we still do. yeah exactly yeah. now then we had chill now chill was both a verb and an adjective it's like you know look man chill just just relax uh -huh. right but then it was like Hey, Shorty, you want to come over to my house and chill? Yeah. So it was, a, you know, it was an action and verb. And, you know, that was the genesis of, and now this generation, it's Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill. Right. Ain't <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Right. <laughs> All right. Then, of course, if something was, like, cool or, you, you know, you were given, like, the affirmative, it was solid. Right, it was fresh. Uh, now, if you wanted to 
get, give someone the details or educate them on someone something. It was, you know, get in the know. Right, I like that one. Right, or drop some knowledge, or, or then the other one was the four one one, which of course that was also a big uh, big Mary J. Blige song. Mm -hmm. You know what's the four one one? But you might not know the genesis of that. Well, you know, before we had the internet (laughs) and Google, you had to call four one one. Yes, information. Operator, can you tell me <laughs> such and such? I wonder if 411 still works. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I found out still works that I didn't know? Was um, movie phone. Really? Movie phone still exists. Oh, my God. That's, that's crazy. out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Again, okay, kids, in our day, you couldn't Google the movie listings. There you was actually a, had the call. There yeah. was this 800 number that you would call, and this guy would, thank you for calling movie phone, you know, <laughs> and you'd press your zip code, mm-hmm. and it would pull up the area and the listings of these movie theaters would pay these services to list, you know, all, or you would just call the movie theater and they would, you know, automate it, say, but movie phone was, that was was like what the kids used you know? yeah that, that yeah. was like the cool thing all right and then of course now let's uh, talk about fashion you know abandoned and ah, like our, our both fashionistas you know yeah. we actually met fashion at new york, new york fashion week and you're always rocking your bold ha- colored hair and oh yeah thank uh, you thank right you. shout out to manic panic yes that's <laughs> yeah. right yep <laughs> And it's great when it's temporary because then you can just yeah you can you just know, change the color whenever you feel like change, it. Change you can just right. Yeah, my hair is like a mood ring. Yeah, it, <laughs> it just changes colors. Of matter, you know, depending <laughs> on what my mood is, it just changes colors. There you go. It might be purple next week. Right, you never <laughs> know. So of course, um, hip hop has had a huge impact on fashion, and you know, fashion is a, a, a large way that artists express themselves, especially, you know, MTV was born and started to get its real mojo in the 80s. So it's a visual uh, medium. So how you look and, you know, it's an extension of your music, Mm -hmm. your your persona. So, you know, uh, no no small wonder there that as all these uh, hip hop artists were gaining popularity and influence and monetization uh, situations, you know, that the fashion is a big part. Uh, And then all the kids watching these music videos want to look cool and like, you know, right? So, all right, so the some of the big brands of the 80s adidas that, that was huge very big very big reebok uh cross colors oh cross colors uh, is definitely a staple when i think of the 80s 90s that's cross colors yeah. right and then of course united color benetton uh-huh. you know because there was some aspects of hip-hop fashion you know, you know who we're forgetting carl Kanai. yes calvin klein yes Tommy Hilfiger. Yep. And Tommy then, Hilfiger was more of a 90s thing, but that was definitely a staple. Start, he did start in the 80s. Yes. He, he got crossover, you know, like huge um, in the 90s, like with Tyson Beckford and his ad mm-hmm. campaigns. Yep. Uh, I love Tyson. He just always looks fabulous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another show. 
all the all the super male supermodels of the nineties, right? Um, uh, then of course we had Fat Farm. All uh, right, um, a Russell Simmons clothing line, and mm-hmm. then of course his ex-wife and uh, you know fashion model, uh, Kimora Lee Simmons uh, had her uh, branch offline Baby Fat, yeah, which was like kind of for teenagers um, and and young girls. Now, of course, in addition to that, I'd say some of the um, other trends definitely in the eighties was art on clothing. You see um, still a lot of that now, like um, Jean Tricks and Burning Guitars. Oh, yeah. Still do that, but that started in the 80s, like the patchwork. Yeah, it definitely started in the 80s, but I remember the 90s, mm-hmm. the early 90s. Um, shout out to Mesquine. I remember the Mesquine shirts were very big. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, we had the Kango hats. Oh, and, man, R.I.P. Yeah. Kango kid. I met him, like two months before he passed but yeah kangos were definitely a big thing in the 80s mm-hmm. and the athletic suits the track suits and then of course you did have some artists like kumo d and run dmc also wearing leather suits and they wore them with the bucket hat yes exactly the bucket yeah. hat was huge yeah in, in the 80s and then of course that was also um the cover up for bad hair day or if you're on the run going from gig to gig and you yeah, don't want to just throw that on and, and you're yeah, ready to go. It. I do uh, it sometimes. Right? <laughs> of course, you know, the big gold rope chains were the thing in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Then 90s, it was more about the crosses. But in the 80s, it was all the big rope chains, the uh, big bamboo earrings, uh, or what they also the call three, The three four-finger rings. Yes, yes. And, uh, of course, they also called them door knocker earrings. Door knocker. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I think some of the um, artists of the day that really influenced fashion um, during that time period, definitely LL Cool J. Like, uh, uh, you saw, uh, he would come out in a video, and then the next thing you know, (laughs) Yeah, LL's an icon. He's for an that. icon. Yeah. And then, of course, Run DMC. They definitely influenced so much of fashion with the sneaker trends. So, yeah, till this day, if I see a pair of, of, of Adidas with the three stripes, I instantly think of Run DMC. Yep. And that's an example of branding before that was even a thing. Right. Like now. They were like the first rap influencers. If you think about it, like, Run DMC and LL were influencers already. Before that was even a term. Right. Right? Yeah. Now it's like you you hire these marketing and branding experts, you know, to to get you product placement and partnerships and this and that. They already were doing it. These hip-hop artists, who now these are, are icons, but back then they were new artists. This was just their instinctual, you know... Uh, mindset, mm-hmm. uh, right? Uh, and they were reflecting, not only reflecting, but then giving back and influencing. It was like a circle, you know, they would pull from what they were seeing on the streets and then right. put their own twist and then their twist became became the trend. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, also Kid and Play and Salt and Pepper, they were, they were huge fashion influences oh, yeah. in, in, in the 80s. 
you know. And of course, Kid had the high top. That was that was, <laughs> it. It was oh god! It was all about the the high top in the eighties and the upcutting. Yeah. You know, like cutting patterns and stuff into the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. <laughs> and all the lines on the side, and then too, it was also it was, it was cool, especially you know for men, like the hair became a, a, a sculpture. Right. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could you could creates, just do what you want to do with it. Right. It wasn't just about like the cuts and angle, but literally put steps in it. Yeah, exactly. And like uh, it was like a topiary year. Craig, That's cool. You know, the 80s was the era of excess, and, you know, when we all thought, hey, it's the gravy train, but we're on the path to recession. Right. But it was in that, that, that little magic bubble time. So in fashion, it, it was about um, being extra. Yes. You know, at that time. And with hip-hop, it is an aggressive art form. And exactly. about, like, you know, putting yourself out there farther than somebody else. So the, the bold fashion was an extension of that as well. Definitely. Now, of course, uh, you know, and of course you can look up some of these classic movies on YouTube and everything. Now, you know, in the 80s, again, this was before... I'm had... hoping you got my favorite movie on there. Okay, let's see. Let's uh, see. Right, yeah, we're so, going to see. All right, so we had lots of artists uh, dipping into the movie genre. Uh -huh. Again, these people were groundbreakers because... You know, one of these talent managers now I try to act like they re invented the wheel. Oh, yeah. All uh, right? And they don't want their cup. But back then, these artists were like, okay, this is a new way to make money. Let me try my hand in different ways. And everybody was just kind of finding their way. Exactly. So some of the hip-hop-infused movies and movies that actually starred hip-hop artists, House Party, or I think... That had a House Party of, was definitely one of my favorites. Yes, I it's think one that, of them. You're right, had at least four or five sequels. Of course, Tisha Campbell uh, was in the first one. Uh, Kid and Play, um, and Bernie Mac. Martin. Martin. Yep, yep. You know, uh, so a lot of soon to be. Uh, stars uh, were in those films. Then, of course, we got Crush Groove. Crush Groove yes, was amazing. Yes. It was Sheila E. Do, do you realize that LL Cool J was a part of... Like, that shows how long he's been in this industry. Yes! <laughs> That's crazy to me. But yeah, Crush Groove was amazing. And then, of course, there was Breaking. And Breaking to Electric Glue with Ozone. So I don't think I saw those. Okay, so... Those might be the only ones that you right. said so far. Yeah, that's okay. So Breaking um, actually was a movie. Don't tell that, me. Don't tell me. I want to watch it. Okay. No, go ahead. Tell me. Give me a gist okay, of it. The, it's fine. But I'm going to go back and watch that's it. That's right. <laughs> so, so it was a movie that... Um, I had uh, two, at that time, um, famous break dancers. Okay. And it was like, a, you know, a little kind of fake adventure story, but it spotlighted uh, the uh, movement of break dancing. Okay. Okay. So, you know, they had like some community center and then these guys are, you know, it's uh, but it, the whole movie was basically to right. spotlight these guys, Ozone and um, these, these uh, break dancers. 
at the time, which of course, you know, break dancing. All right, so we can uh, uh, segue to dancing. So hip hop, I mean, there were so many dancing uh, trends. You had the whole genre of break dancing in the b-boy style. Right. All right, then you had the running man. I remember that. I. <laughs> and you know, really, uh, like things were at a point where it was just absorbing all in the culture because you would even see back in the day we had workout videos like Jane Fonda and 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 uh, what's sweat, the guy's name? Uh, sweating to the oldies, Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. That's right. And Suzanne Summers and the Thigh Master and <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis even had it's uh, the workout. Yeah. And some of them would do like the Running Man. <laughs> yeah, they would do that as a as part of their aerobics. Right. Yeah. I guess it worked. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. Then of course we had the worm and the cabbage patch. And right? <laughs> and then uh, popping and locking. Uh, so you know the eighties had its whole whole vibe uh, with the with the dances. Now, okay, so then oh other other movies, of course. Um, uh, the, oh yeah, and the Fat Boys were also in Crush Groove, right? They were, right? They were. Um, and then. Uh, a movie that definitely wasn't about hip hop culture, but had infusion. Um, one of Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson's first movies. It was a football movie uh, called Wildcats, starring Goldie Hawn. Yeah, I don't think I've yep, seen that. Yep. So she's divorced, and she takes this job as um, a football coach of this inner city football team. Okay. That was like you know losing and she's determined to, to br bring them around right right so uh, a number of the football players were into hip-hop and the one one guy was like an aspiring rapper <laughs> and at the end of the film the whole cast actually does this whole whole rap song <laughs> Oh together. wow! <laughs> yeah, I gotta see that. Um, so <laughs> I think that's as close as Goldie Hawn ever got to launching a hip hop career. Oh man! <laughs> so of course, then um, we had to do the right thing. Uh, Spike Lee. Um, oh, yeah, Spike Lee was definitely major major part of the 80s yes and then of course john singleton and higher learning mm -hmm. so you know these were directors who they were making films reflecting what was going on in the city and communities and the movies weren't necessarily about hip-hop but it was infused yeah into into the story and even a lot of the um the tv shows um of the 80s like a different world and living single um they and even the cosby show in fashion and storylines infused you know hip-hop yeah. yeah, uh through it so now of course back in the 80s um, there was like different styles of, of hip hop and subgenres. So, you know, we had what I like to call the more party style. 
which was like, you know. Like the, the, the Kid and Play sound. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like Kid and Play, Salt and Pepper, um, Young MC, uh, Bust a Move. Uh, and then, of course, Digital Underground, uh, which is where Tupac got his start. Yep, yep. Right? So um, uh, they uh, gave him um, a, a cameo on their big hit, Same Song. Mm-hmm. And that actually was the first steps of his solo career. Then, of course, you got the Beastie Boys. Uh, Love you the know, Beastie Boys. all right, Brass Monkey. Love uh, the Beastie Boys. Fight for know. Your Right to Party. I don't think I don't think they get enough credit that they deserve. Beastie no. Boys have that. They had the most distinctive voices. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like right? nobody's going to be able to sound like the Beastie no, Boys. Shout out to the Beastie Boys. It's tricky, Paul Revere. Um, and they just kept it moving in uh, deep into the 90s and 2000s, having lots of hits. And, you know, uh, like um, your new album, the Beastie Boys, as they evolved to pass their initial, like, hey, let's party. Yeah. Um, they uh, they included a lot of techno. They did. And, and like, inter- intergalactic. Was, it, I, I love that record. Right? Yeah. And I remember that won a lot of MTV uh, video awards the year that 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 came out. It was well deserved. Mm-hmm. It was well deserved. And then of course you have Nina Cherry, you know Buffalo Stance, uh, Technotronic, pump up the jam, pump it up, <laughs> right? So like all those classics, classics. classics. And again, like there are also with the female style. You know, in in the eighties, so far as fashion, there was a real arc there. Like a lot of them were more tomboyish in their image, but I think too at that point it was groundbreakers, women trying to break into what was initially a genre started by men. Oh yeah, yeah, we got to give credit mm-hmm. to certain people that actually changed that. Like yes. you got to give credit to Madonna. Yeah. Um, Paula Abdul, like yeah. you know, they came in, they, they and they switched that whole. Janet Jackson. Oh, Janet Jackson, definitely. She's like, another fashion were, icon, right? icon, just iconic. And like it was such a cool time because like those artists that you just mentioned were happening at the same time all these female artists were breaking open doors in the, the hip hop world. So Madonna, Janet Jackson. Paul Abdul, Jody Watley, you know, they were all, you know, powerhouses of like female power and expressing yourselves and staking your claim like in the pop and dance world. Right. And then you had female rappers like MC Light um, and Yo-Yo and Moni Love and Foxy Brown and Queen Latifah who were literally like creating the door, knocking down the door, creating the walls of the house mm-hmm. th- that all the artists like Cardi B and Megan the Stallion are sitting in the living room that yeah. that these artists uh, artists built. Right. And and you know Queen Latifah at that time, she she also heavily influenced fashion. Like I don't I remember in um, Latifah's had it up to here. She had all those tall hats, 
And, uh, you know, like... Yeah, oh she my, loved wearing those tall, uh, tall hats. Yeah. I remember going to high school and girls were coming in, you know, <laughs> like rocking the tall hats. And, you know, automatically, if you were in, a, in the know, you knew that was a girl who saying, look, I'm about mine. You're right. going to respect me. I'm about empowerment and going after what I want. And, you know, you're not going to talk to me like I'm some idiot around the right. corner, you right. know? And it was great, too, because, uh, like, with Queen Latifah, she was an artist that um, she opened up the door for other artists. But mm -hmm. all of her music was, like, so... Uh, positive and just about uh, you know your own personal power right and so then of course on the socially conscious tip we had um, groups like NWA um, which you know they were uh, what they call like the architects of gangster rap and they were the first group to really reflect what was going on on the well, West no, Coast we, when we think when we think of gangster rap you know that really wasn't created from them. Okay. Schooly D from Philly was the first gangster rapper. Even Ice T in LA, he even. Okay, that's that interesting. You, you didn't know I that, didn't did you? I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, fans. When you think, yeah, when you think of gangster rap, you have to think of Philly and Schooly D mm -hmm. uh, from West Philly was the first rapper to be like cursing on songs and then, really talking about the street life. Yeah, right? that came from here. And then, of course, uh, Ice-T, before he was, you know, on a special victims unit. Oh, yeah, he uh, was a good he rapper. Was, he was a rapper. And, of course, um, his big hit's Body Count and F the Police. Um, you know, we uh, he was one of the first, along with the NWA in the 80s, he was one of the first rappers to really put out on the table, like, right. the... the uh, police brutality and profiling and the gang wars and everything and that I was going on. I feel like on. the artists that we have now should do the same thing. Yeah, and it's not happening. We need to bring some type of consciousness back to the, the, the injustice that's going on. Instead of talking all these negative things and putting that out in the atmosphere, mm -hmm. we need to bring attention to the negative things that are being done to us. Yes. That's what's missing. That's the difference between the 80s and now. That's what inspired the album because I wanted to make sure that I brought back that feeling. Yes. And, you know, the thing, too, is I feel, you know, sometimes when something's new, you are more bold and right. take more risks. Because you're like, yo, man, I'm just going to go for it. What do I have to lose? I don't have anything. So I'm going to put it out. I think the, the, the bad other side, because everything has a yin and a yang. Definitely. As uh, hip-hop has become a money machine, which is, that's good, but I think more people are conscious of that, and a lot of artists want to play it safe and aren't as bold as an, uh, the artists were back in the 80s where they're like yo man I'm walking if I can't say my piece or if I this this is what I'm about you're not going to commercialize and package me there was more I'm not saying this is with all artists because there are still a number of artists that are what you say real and like reflecting what's going on right but also there there's a, a lot of the sense of packaging and okay, I don't want to rock the boat because I want to get my money. Exactly. And, and, and like I'm more playing a role than like say you had artists like Run DMC who were like smashing in the house saying, look, this is what's going on in the streets. But even them, I think they had to be 
politically correct. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They couldn't like, do but so much. Exactly. Because when you're dealing with the masses, yes, the it's job is... finding a line. Yeah, you, you can't alienate anybody. You can't... You, you try to not offend people. Now, of course, uh, but when you look at an artist like... Um, Ice T. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he's like, look, it stinks out here. There's all this ratchet stuff happening. Yeah. And I'm weighing in, and I'm gonna make middle that's what uh, America aware of what's happening. And that's what made him stand out. Right. And it's just there's not an Ice T anymore. Like no. we need, no. we need, we need uh, more of that. Then, of course, um, we also had um, Boogie Down Productions and KRS-One. Um, and, I, I mean, uh, then, we, uh, then there was also, like, the more mellow, what I call, like, the mellow chill hip-hop that um, had more R&B vibes, like Digital Planets. You know, I'm cool like that. And, I like that. Right? And uh, uh, Tribe Called Quest. Yes, yes, yes. A scenario. And uh, then, of course, you also had groups like PM Dawn, um, and who was like kind of R&B, jazz, f uh, fusion, you know. Of course, uh, their uh, big hit, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss, was on the Boomerang soundtrack, mm -hmm. right? And so, I mean, that was the great thing about the 80s, you know, was pop and hip hop, that you had so much variety. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I feel in a certain way, like, at that time, artists weren't afraid to take risks, uh, you know, because uh, you just, you don't see as much of that, you know, here. Yeah. And now, I think also part of it is when something's new, you know, people are more about, like, experimenting than, okay, this is the formula, right? Right. It becomes uh, more cookie cutter. Right. Yeah. But you still have um, a number of artists, um, just speaking in the hip-hop lane, that are out there talking about the issues like Common and, you know, Most Deaf. Uh, you know, uh, you still have artists like that that are, are weighing in. But I don't really feel that there's an artist out there, you tell me what you think, that is really like has that street grit, grit you know, and like I'm reflecting the streets and um, what's happening now. It's like, oh, uh, they like my song on TikTok and YouTube. Right. You know, like well, well none of them that are commercial. No, no, no. When you're when you get to a certain stance, a certain level in your career, yeah, it's kind of hard for you to speak on certain things, and you just you're basically a puppet. Some of these artists are just like a puppet. You just tell them what it is that they they can and can't do, and they just listen. Yeah. There's yeah. not anybody that's willing to, you know, stray away from that. You know, and then, of course, especially if you don't, you know, own own your publishing, own, own your work. Your masters, your publishing. I, yes, that's very important. You know, uh, so that's also a key element of how much you can have control over what you do and how you express yourself. Correct. You know. But then I think, too, there's also, you know, the thing to think about is as you, you know, move up in, in the world and you get more financial success, you know, um, selling your work and residuals mm -hmm. and, you know, you get that nice house and, and, and whatnot. Well, 
you know, the aspiration is, you know, well, everybody has their different goals, but, you know, to right. be able to support yourself, have a nice lifestyle. And technically, once you start getting, you know, your life in order and stacking, well, you're not in the streets anymore. So then you're kind of in this, okay, well, for artists who kind of came up that way and, like, are reflecting that, well, then once you actually become fiscally very successful, then you do naturally have to kind of pivot because when you're living in a mansion... Yeah, you, you lost connection with the... You, yeah, can't, you, you can't talk about, like, well, you know, this is what's happening right. you know, in the hood or on the street. Uh, but at the same point, we do all, you know, have the right to aspire to, you know, elevate ourselves. Right, right. Yeah, like... Uh, me and my homies just had that conversation about Jay-Z. We're like, do you really still listen to Jay-Z now? And most of them don't because he's lost that connection. We can't we can't relate to what he's talking about. Right. The average person doesn't own million-dollar art on their wall, and that's all he raps about these yeah. days. He likes to talk about how he bought a Basquiat uh, painting or something <laughs> like that. Who, who, who do you know that owns it? Right. I don't know anybody that well, owns it. Or might not even know who that is. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Let me get the Google out. So it's kind of like you lose connection with the people when you, you know. Not saying we shouldn't we shouldn't elevate, but it's good to always stay humble and, you know, and, uh, stay um, true to self. Exactly. And then, you know, in the pulse of, right. of, of what's going on. Exactly. You know? So, um, even if you live, even if y'all gave me a billion dollars tomorrow and I moved to the biggest mansion ever, <laughs> I will watch the news every day. Just right. so that way I don't lose connection. Because it's very easy for them. They, they don't know. They right. Don't know. You know, or if you have, like, say, Someone like, for instance, like Oprah. She said she you hasn't know. she hasn't pumped gas in over twenty five years. I'm Ask like, Oprah how much it is for a, a gallon of milk. She won't be able to tell you. Yeah, they I, lose. Yeah, you lose yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think that's that that's a, a good thing or an aspirational thing. No, you know, we should all all uh, strive to reach our dreams and have success and and, and not see limits. But at the same point. As, especially in in an art form, you never want to be, uh, become quote so successful that you let yourself get lost and removed from the world Correct. that you're living in and that you're that you're supposed to touch and reflect. Right. You know. Because yeah, we're all we're all humans at the end of the day. We're all people, and we have to share this planet together. So why act as if one is bigger or better than the next? We all have the same amount of, just about the same amount of time here. Right. <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying? You know? As far as far as within a day, we all have 24 hours within our day. So exactly, and let's say we rearrange the calendar, we all have seven days a week. <laughs> seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like <laughs> it's all good. Right. It's all good. Uh, so uh, now, Bandit, um, you know. Who are so you mentioned Madonna and Janet the Queens. So okay. who are some of your other favorite artists of of the eighties and the that 80s? you draw and that you draw influence Ooh. from? Okay, for for the album I will say this. I got a lot of inspiration from Billy Ocean. Okay. Caribbean uh, Queen. Love that record. Yes. Love that record. It's big. Um a lot of Prince. Mm. Definitely Prince. Fun fact, I was actually supposed to be named Prince. 
Really? My mom wanted to name me Prince. My dad wasn't having it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. He um, was like, no. No, you're not naming my son after him. But uh, yeah, so it was mostly Prince, Billy Ocean, uh, a little bit of Madonna, mm. a little bit of. It, it was just like a. It was just a medley of all of that. Like, I just would sit and I would just listen to a lot of 80s music. Mm. And I'm like, how can I. I don't want to do what other artists do. Because I've mm-hmm. seen other artists do the 80s thing and they'll sample the records. Right. I didn't want to sample it. I just wanted to. It, pull the it, it was inspired. Yeah, I wanted to pull that energy in and give you something that it can pass for new. But if you were around during that time, you know, like, no, that's inspired from you the know, 80s. I definitely felt some Depeche Mode vibe in there okay all right with like the uh, electronic synth oh yeah yeah i played know, around with a lot of uh, a lot of that right you know and, and oh yeah and uh, you know duran duran like i felt a little little I, kind I'm of i'm mad i forgot slush. to mention them but yes yes that was definitely one of the influences uh, i yes, did listen to them yes now i mean and if you're gonna talk about artists that just influenced mtv and the video genre. I mean, all of their videos were iconic and right. just very fashion forward. Like, uh, you remember Hungry Like the Wolf, right? And the girls coming out of the, the ocean <laughs> with all this dripping blue makeup. Yeah. <laughs> makeup yeah. on her. And, and it's like all this. But it was great. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. And, and like, Duran Duran was one of those groups where I think they really saw like this new video thing as, oh my God, this is like a great way to express ourselves. And their videos were all like mini movies. Right. You know, like um, uh, what movie, uh, what video? There was a one where they're on a sailboat. I think it was Rio. And they're on the, uh, you know, Rio Grande and, and this huge sailboat speeding along the water and all these sweeping shots. <laughs> and literally, it was like they were, were you know, mini movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, we loved that. We loved that. You know, that's what made Michael one of the greats, too. His music videos were always like, I was watching a movie. Right. Thriller was like amazing. That was a that was a great body of work. Mm-hmm. Like I can watch that whole video. I remember yes. when it first came. I just and remember the time, right? I, I, right with, with Eddie Murphy Eddie, in the video. I, I, yes, and I'm on playing Cle- Cleopatra. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, and then you remember he spun and he turned into sand. Oh my god, that was so it was cool. so amazing when I was a kid. But now looking at it, You're it's like, like the graphics are a little cheesy. Right. But when you were young, it's yes. just like, oh wow. Right. But I don't think you know. I'm so glad you brought Michael up because I don't think a lot of people, when they're retrospecting him, I give him a lot of uh, credit due. Uh, he was a real innovator. Uh, he was one of the first artists, you know, in the '80s and early '90s to forge into technology in his music videos. He was the first one to use the green screen, right? With, and the morphing doing, yeah. was black and uh, the song Black and White. Um, he was one of the artists, if there was a, a, some kind of new visual technology, mm-hmm. he was the first to get on it. Well, that's because he also had the, uh, he had one of the biggest budgets out of well, all the artists. Well, that too. He had, he had, he the, had the biggest budget out of any artist right? that came out during that yeah. time. 
But I, I, I'd have to disagree a little bit with you okay. on that one. I would say that Prince doesn't get as much credit as he was due. Prince was an all-around artist. Yes. Mike was a performer. I love Mike. He yeah. was my, one of my biggest influences. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to Prince, Prince actually mm-hmm. played every well, instrument. Well, I'm just talking about so far as the music videos. Okay, we're, okay. Yeah, I'm about but, to say, we're oh, talking no, no, no. all around. No, I'm like, no, wait, no, no, I'm Prince? not talking all. I'm just saying so far as his music videos. Right. That I don't think he gets enough credit. Oh, no. That he was a groundbreaker in, in uh, incorporate, always incorporating the, uh, the latest technology that nobody else was using mm-hmm. and, and, and do, now like you said now you're like oh that's shit because we've advanced right. but back then nobody was doing that he was spending like they were spending like about a million dollars a, a video it's like wow <laughs> right. and I remember back then that seemed like such a huge but whoa but now that's like and like I can shoot that with my phone. <laughs> right, 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 right. I know. And you know, you bring up a very valid point. Now there's so many apps, and you know, all the phones are digital and stuff that you can teach yourself. I mean, I have with growing my brand and creating content and stuff. I've taught myself how to do basic sound editing with apps and and film editing and overlapping, like taking this app and then doing this, then putting it into that app, yeah. and overlaying and, you know, using three or four different apps to create and product, you know, you can, uh, and all these TikTokers and stuff, really. Oh, they do great. Right? It begs the question, now that we all have a phone and apps and, uh, you know, these different doohickeys you can buy to put your phone here and this and that, you know, it kind of makes the music video direction <laughs> not as, as needed, you know? Like, I don't even need to buy a camera. I got an iPhone. There right, go. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Like, you had all those uh, uh, huge music video directors of the day, like uh, Mick G and Wayne Isham, um, uh, you know, who directed. And, of course, John Singleton directed Remember the Times. Right. And Michael Jackson. I mean, you remember MTV used to have that show, Making the Video? I do. Right? I used to I love do. that show. All the behind the scenes of the directors. Yeah, yeah. Well, they would show them on a green screen. Right, yes. And them, and, yeah, I remember and, and that. And the storyboard and all that. And back then, I was like, oh, wow. And they would charge these artists millions to direct these videos. But like you said, you got your iPhone. You got that you don't need them, really. No, no. You know, if you have people who are creative and, and know how to work what they got, yeah. You know, you can create a lot of the similar stuff. I went to a film festival in, in New York, and one of the guys did a whole short film straight off his iPhone. Yeah. A whole movie from your phone. I thought that was amazing. I'm like, you don't need, you don't need big cameras anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what, right? what, what are we buying cameras for? It just, you know. And then, too, I think there's also a, a something that empowering and, like, the art is really, the visual is an extension of you as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can have the know-how to do your own videos and have them, you know, of quality, but, you know, have a, a part of that creativity, it's like it, it's the bookend. Like right. the, that the whole thing reflects you. No, I get it. Now, now um, do you... Do you um, have input on your music videos to kind of create of the concept? Like Every, what's everything that has anything to do with the Bandit the Rapper brand, 
I am so hands on. It makes no sense. Like <laughs> I am, I'm talking when they're sitting there editing. I'm like right over their shoulder. Like no, nah, I don't like that shot. No, nah, I don't like that shot. I'm to a point where I'm gonna give y'all. I'm gonna give you the secret sauce to my videos. To what makes them look great? I will randomly hit the pause button, and if it doesn't look like a picture, that's not the shot. Mm. I'll just constantly do that throughout a video. I'll just keep hitting the play, pause, play, pause, and if something looks like awkward, we're taking that shot all the way out. Yeah, that's what I've. That's that's the that's the uh, uh, secret ingredient. <laughs> but yeah, and you know too nowadays everything. It's not just about making the music video itself. There's so many social media mediums mm -hmm. that everything gets shared. And, you know, now with TikTok and Reels and everything, everybody kind of has like this 30-second, 60-second flash mindset. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually going lower. Uh, I just seen... <laughs> I just seen the thing today saying that the algorithm has changed and we should do reels that are six seconds or less. Oh, for God's For you to get the most views. I'm like, so oh, y'all so just going to do two second? Right? We're going to do a two second video. It's just going to be this. Hey! <laughs> and you're going to get a million yo. views for that. Yeah, if you just, yo. Uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, well then I'm fine with having less views. It, 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 Me too. It, I don't my, care about the I reels. I really don't care. It's, <laughs> it's about making something that's right. It makes sense. It's fun. Can okay, you really get your point across in six seconds? No. What are you going to say? <laughs> six seconds. <laughs> it's like um, you know, similar. It's because their attention spans are. We're, we're babying the, the the new generation way too much. Yeah. Their attention I, spans I are getting shorter and shorter because you're you're. You're catering to it instead of making them focus longer. You're like, oh no, this and just cut it down. Work their brain. Work their brain. So instead of pushing them to elevate up, we're like, oh, let's flex down. down. No. Oh god, I, I get so frustrated with it. Did, <laughs> oh, did it. Well, you know, same same um, a church, different pew. What you were saying? What can you say in sixty seconds? Well, you know, I remember over the years, like. When I, you know, I met different radio personalities and stuff, you know, FM radio. Mm -hmm. And for a minute, I was kind of thinking, well, do I want to pursue that, this, that? But the more that I found out about it, I'm like, no, because right. it's, it's a hassle and they exploit people and you have less control. And they try and racket you into paying money for all these things that you don't need to. No. You know, when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, and you're just looking for other people just to dis distribute what you're doing. Right. It, it's a whole different mindset, you know. Um, but, you know, at that, at that time, I was kind of new into things. And mm -hmm. it was before iHeartRadio bought, you know, bought, uh, you know, went into distributing podcasts, which changed the game right. for everybody. And you're conditioned, like, culture. Oh, well, getting on FM, that's the thing. Oh, that means I'll make, that means, mm -hmm. and then yeah. the more and then the more you're talking to people who are on there like wait but you have no say you have, that's not a bit for me you have no control that's not fair. you have to do it's like too many rules exactly and then they, they these people in the corporate position of things want you to feel that you're dependent on them now you see what but, the artists go through. Right, right. <laughs> this is exactly, yes. yes. And it's interesting you say that too because the longer that that I've done this, 
I've gotten a window into a lot of the things with the music. I'm like, well, I don't like that. Right. And, and I think on the mindset of the artist and that, you know what, well, then this is in part what this show is about, to advocate for artist rights. Right. But I remember at that, at that time before, you know, I got got hip to the to the game, as they say. It's the game, All right? And I still had to. Oh well, man. And I'm talking to different people, and so you know, I I remember um, meeting um, this this one personality who's you know has a big history here, isn't in the area anymore. Okay. And um, you know, introduced me to a then director of of a Philly I Heart who I don't think works for them anymore and he was a he was a pompous jerk okay oh wow uh, all right so you know <laughs> and that's the other thing again they want to be condescending they're hoping that you don't know right so that way they can kind of not all of them but a lot of them are no right? I, so, I understand you know so I don't want anyone who's a good one <laughs> to be like wait a minute right right but you know I go up to this guy and I'm like, oh, hey, you know, and this radio host was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, my boss is here, blah, blah, blah. Now, I already knew who this guy was. I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, uh, met him yet, but I knew of him and had, uh-huh. se- and had sent some links to my work and stuff. Right. And was like, hey, I heard you were hiring, but I wasn't looking to be an employee. I just wanted to be distributed, you know. Which is also another reason why they don't want entrepreneur people, right? Because, right. you know, they, they, they just want people as employees. So, you know, I hadn't heard anything from them. Fine. And so then I knew he was going to be there. Uh-huh. So that was a part why I went to that event. So, you know, the host introduced, oh, hi, this is so-and-so. And And then the guy was all condescending, and he's like, oh, so, oh, so you say you have a show, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not cool. So I said, oh, yes, (laughs) so-and-so. So-and-so? I'm just kind of talking right now. Um, And so I said, oh, yes, so-and-so. Um, you'll you'll recognize me from all the unanswered voicemails on your phone and if you search my name and show in your emails uh-huh. all the unanswered emails oh, wow. that I've sent you in regards to bringing my show on now at that point I was distributed on way less places but I still was you know established and whatnot. Right. so he's like oh well tell me about you know your show well so you're syndicated how did that happen and then the specific radio host was like well i'd like to be syndicated in london how's that happen i'm like and i looked at this as easy just research the stations and send your stuff and there you go pitch yourself but they like to make it like it's this big you know, oh only we can get you syndicated you know <laughs> right so, 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 yeah so, oh you need us right everybody wants to feel needed exactly and trying to put their hand in the purse mm-hmm. right as a needed uh, parentheses exploitation right right, right? exactly so, so he's like well, look, send me, you know, send me, uh, you know, your your tape, send me a reel, and, and you know, and then the radio host is like, yeah, you know, send me a thirty for a thirty second. Job. I'm like, with all the things my brand is, and Blaine's it steps into, 
how are you getting a feel for me and whether or not I'm a fit for your station? That's the other thing. It's like a job interview. From 30 seconds, 26 mm, yeah, seconds. Yeah, no, you're not giving That's, that. Oh, hi, this is... Lo- oh, yeah, she's awesome. Put her on. I'm like, uh, so... so. My my response was, well, you know, you can go back into your emails. I sent you a link to a lot of different shows. Uh, Yeah, check it out there. You check it out there. Okay, see you later. Deuces. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's like uh, both in the artistic world, music world, you know, radio, they want to try and just water you down oh, yeah. to the smallest nugget oh, yeah. and now we're supposed to oh 10 seconds 5 seconds oh um, and just jump for joy about 10 seconds yeah exactly wow. and like you said what are you going to put out there <laughs> in, in, in 10 seconds that's going to encapsulate mm. what you, what you're nothing nothing <laughs> one sentence <laughs> hey uh, <laughs> It's uh, uh. <laughs> crazy. Longer to sneeze. <laughs> it's craziness. Pure craziness. So uh, we're gonna jump into another musical break, and awesome. when, and when we come back, we're gonna dive more into all, all the good vibes of Lavender Sunset. Lavender Sunset. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. The album is out right now. That's right. Stream it, download it. it. Yeah, send it to your friends. Be about it. Yes. Whatever you gotta do. We'll be back with more style and comment chat with Laura and friends. That's right. On top.
dog is first up to back. No batteries included and no strings attached. No holes barred. No time for move faking. Got to get to loot so I can bring home the bacon. Brothers front, they say the drop can't flow. But we've been known to do the impossible like Broadway Joe. So sleep if you want, like who will help you get your Z's true. But here's the real scoop. I'm all that and then some. Drop that and have some bust a nut inside your eye to show you where I come from. I'm vexed. I've had it up to here, my days of paying dues are over Acknowledge me is in there, yeah Head for the border, go get a taco I see record from the jump street, meaning from the get-go Sit back, relax, and let yourself go Don't sweat what you heard, but act like you know Yes, yes, y'all Yes, y'all Who got the vibe? It's the tribe, y'all Tribe, y'all Vibe, y'all Inside, outside, come around Who's that? Brown Some may I say, call me Charlie The word is the herb, and I'm deep like Bob Marley Lay back on the payback, be Bob, we'll take the game Kakalaka and Compton. Check it, check it, check it out. The loops for the troops, more bounds to the outs. And wow, how now, wow, how now, brow cow. We're ill till the skill gets down for the flex. Next is the textbook old to the new, but the rest are doo doo. From radio to the video to Arsenio, tell me, yo, what's the scenario? Yo, come on, move! 
bass beats, rhythms, blast, pump it, pump it, pump, pump it up. Nothing can make this one stop. Toes be tapping, fingers snapping, hands slapping, my mouth rapping, talking about I'm cold laughing. Shut up and do the why. Use what you got, show me you're on the floor. First of all, purple is my favorite color. So what inspired the name uh, of the album? It was basically a play on um, on Prince's Purple Rain. Ah, okay. It was a play on that. Yeah, and then I just turned around and just... Basically, it's her turning my dark moment into a beautiful one. Because mm. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a lavender sunset before, but it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yes. So that's, that's basically what the album is. Okay. Uh, now, uh, we played one of my favorite tracks off the album, Beautiful Strangers. That's your favorite yes, song? Yes, yeah. Hey, that's awesome. So now tell me about the inspiration behind that song. So we're all strangers until we say hello, right? That's right. That's hello, right. <laughs> and, and that was... And that's a saying that was said mostly in the 80s, and mm -hmm. that was the inspiration behind the record. Nice. Yeah. You know, and there's always that element of in any relationship, especially romance, you got to take that. You got to take that leap of faith sometime in up. life, yeah. Right? Nothing, as they say, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. Yes. 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 <laughs> I agree with that. All right. So now you have also worked with um, a lot of music industry heavyweights. Um, yes, I have. Right, uh, like, uh, come on, uh, come on, please don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, We're here to talk about being at the rapper right now. Right? I don't want to mention a bunch of other artists' names, yes, but yes, I have worked with a lot of heavyweights, right? but right now it's about having yes. So, now, um, when you're collaborating with other artists, you okay, because you write and you know, you do songwriting and production, um, for other artists, yes, I do. So, what's, what's your you know, kind of technique, and when you jump into the studio and you're starting that process um, when you're doing a work for somebody else versus when you're creating things for yourself that's going to be your own release you know only well what's what's crazy is like because I go through like most people I go through so many different moods right so I depending on what that mood is that I'm in during that time, mm -hmm. it might go to another person. So let's say I am, right now I'm in a happy mood, but I wrote something that was sad. 
I'm not in a, I'm not in a sad mood. So why would I do it? It's mm-hmm. not going to come off right if I'm if I'm the one to deliver it. Right. So I will pitch that to an artist that's in that space at that moment. Mm-hmm. Because as artists, we all go through a certain time frame where, let's say, the next couple months you're, you know, like like look at Beyonce. I hate to mm-hmm. mention other artists, but Beyonce's mood right now, she's bringing back that dance, that you know what I mean, that feel. So yeah. you wouldn't pitch her. A a sad song or a Sarah, slow song. Crystal Waters and and Cece Cece Pinston. Yes. Yes. And of course Donna Summers. I feel love. Right. So I, you wouldn't pitch her something that's like you know very slow and mellow. Or, or so that's like what, goth and all. Yeah. Goth. No, it wouldn't go. So yeah, that's how I figure who's gonna go, what song is gonna go for what, and if it matches my mood perfectly. It's staying with me. <laughs> I'm not giving it to another artist. It's mine. Now, you know, what's your process in, you know, when you're creating, like, for Lavender Sunset, you know, you had uh, said you were very much inspired by the 80s and wanting to have that vibe and feel. So what's your process when you're sitting down, you're starting a song, saying, okay, I want it to sound like this, or I'm going to pull from from this sample and weave it this way. You know, how do you kind of, I always really wonder this with producers, especially if they're going to take a sample or something. Well, you know, what, how, what's your process of saying, hey, this is something I want to build a song around? So, for one, I was very, it was imperative for me to not sample anything from the 80s. So, that played a major part. Mm -hmm. And also, I wasn't the only writer on the project. I sat down with a great writer from Philadelphia. His name's Sion Washington. And we would have conversations and we would sit down and just really figure out, okay, how are we going to attack this? If, you you know, you do the hook, I do the verse or Mm -hmm. vice versa and making sure that it's not just one dimension. Sometimes people want to look at it as just, okay, I'm a writer, it's just going to be me. I've never looked at it that way because sometimes you might need another, you know, somebody else's ear and somebody else's, oh, no, maybe you should word it this way. Mm. So I was very, again, it was just imperative to make sure that no sampling was Mm -hmm. done and that everything felt, like the, it was more of a feeling for me. It had right. nothing to do with the, nothing else. Right. It had to feel. And also, the great thing about that is when there aren't samples, you don't get into all kinds of exactly. publishing mess and static, and who you're. Uh, <laughs> have to, you know how those? How many points are you gonna get? Right. You know, my listen. Who is no, the my, actual producer? And who's my this? kids' kids are gonna be good off of publishing off this album. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> We're not having right. those right. issues. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I have a way with words, Laura. I have a way with words. I'm sorry. Do. I can't word it no better than that. Right? But again, like we're talking about equity and and, and legacy and, and uh, you know, having your money work for you. Exactly. You know, I, I, it's so important to, I say this all the time, to have in the front of your mind will still your artistic integrity and vision the business end of the music business. Right. Right? And I I think now um, artists have so much more information if they're not lazy and they do the work in their own interest, the research. Right. There's more at at their fingertips 
to educate and empower themselves. All you need to is this. Make, right? <laughs> All you need is a farm. To make smart business decisions that artists in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s didn't have. Right. And, you know, were fell prey to the treachery of the music industry of the day with all these, you know, janked up contracts, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so now um, you also um, ha have acted in some films. I did. Yes. I did. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in the movie Get Lost with uh, A-Town. Um, Justina Valentine from Wildin' Out, mm -hmm. Shiggy, uh, Fat Boy SS, all, all of the like the Instagram, uh, you know what I mean, right, those type of guys. Right. And yeah, I, I played in that. I also I did a small piece in uh, Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, the list goes on and on. Right now, I'm, I'm more so focusing on the music, music? right now. Yeah, but I will be going back into acting very soon. Well, very soon. And you know, Philly has just such a great film community oh yes as well it's so much talent in the city period yes yes and again like jumping off of what we were talking about uh, beforehand you know if you look at the art form in a limitless way uh-huh you know there's so much cohesion and and there's so many platforms where we can create and distribute our content Right. You know, I think it's a, a really a great time to be a creator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like creativity is, is very important. We learned that as, as being children. When the, when the teacher would give us, uh, you know, free time, what's the first thing they did? They gave us something to draw and create with. It's right, a part of right? it's. It's just it's instilled in you as a child. It's a lot of things that are instilled in, in us as children. That's why I find it crazy that they try to get rid of music out of schools because it's like, Hello. do you realize that A B C D E F G? Name other melodies that have that. Right. It's a. It's crazy. Twinkle, twinkle, little, little star. star. The same melody. You. I can keep going. It's so many. Because they teach you these things as a, you know what I mean? Like they right. want to. I don't know why you would want to snatch it from anybody. Being creatives is exactly. is very important. That's how we connect with each other. That and sometimes music is the way in which we speak to each other when we can't find the words. Yeah, to say. when you were, when, listen, when I when I was young. And I would have a little girlfriend that I liked, and I was scared to tell her. You would make a little mixtape with yes, all the songs. The yes, and that's what then, you. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then to jump off of that, uh, Fye had the, the the CD burners where you could go in and, you would burn the and CD. make yeah. a CD, and you'd say, "Hey, yeah, I was. Yeah, these are the songs that make me think of you." you. Yes, this yes. is. You know, art is art. It's it's for us to you know share certain moments together. And of course, you know, we are both about empowerment and, you know, uh, knowing our worth and our value and uh, personal power. So, you know, speak to our listeners just, uh, you know, on that tip, like through your art form, uh, why it's so important um, to be a voice of empowerment. It's very important to be a voice of empowerment for this reason and this reason only. For one, you got to speak for the people that can't speak. You got to have courage and speak for those that are very scared. You know what I mean? Because they're feeling what you're feeling, 
but they're scared to say it, you say it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like our voice, every voice needs to be heard, even for those that can't speak. And I'm talking about like physically can't speak. Right. You know what I mean? Or, so it's or are afraid or feel that they would have too much to lose or a backlash if they. Yes, okay. yes, all of these things. You have to, if, if you have the courage in you, speak, speak. And if you don't have the courage in you, speak to those that, I mean, if you do have it and you know somebody that doesn't have it, you're supposed to speak them and uplift them. Speak to them. Tell them it's okay. It's all right. Yes. We're here to uplift each other. We're not here to put each other down. Yes. And especially right now, you know, there's so much going on in this world. And I have plenty of things uh, to look at and be stressed about and have anxiety. You know, we, we need uh, anxiety, stuff. depression. And it goes on and on. on you know, yeah. and, and feeling, feeling like you're being swallowed up by this big world and everything going on. So music and the arts are even more important now because it helps ground us. Exactly. Yeah. Do anything that's positive. You don't need, you know, you don't need anything else. Just, just be positive, and try to keep good people around you. That's that's the most important things. And, Stay positive. And don't be afraid to step away from things and people that are bringing you down and right. draining you. Right. I've had to learn that. I've had yes. to learn that over the years. Right. Yeah. And you know, sometimes in life when. You actually do like step away and have to do like that self-care look later. The more time you have away from a situation, you get more close. Wow, I was in an unhealthy situation and I didn't even realize it. Exactly. Or like that relationship brought out, you know, mentality that I don't want to flow that way. Right. (laughs) You you know, like, yeah, and sometimes these things happen gradually. It's so important to just, uh, what I say, take a, 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 um, you know, network inventory, mm-hmm. <laughs> a pulse check. Like, yeah, you got to pull them away sometimes. Like, let me let me make this circle a little smaller. smaller. <laughs> right, right, right? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so now, what was the point where you said, like, that, all right, I know music is my lane. I want to rap. I want to be an artist. And then this is this is my style. So it, it it happened like probably like 2005, 2006, but then I stopped for personal reasons for a few years, and as of recently, like the past within the past two year, two three years, I decided to really come back to it and really focus on it. This awesome. is my career. The only my only plan B is to make Plan A work. Okay. Yeah, right? I mean? like yeah. I am going to be a hundred years old and still rapping probably. Yeah. Or doing something in music. And nobody's going to be able to tell me I can't. Right. <laughs> That's just how I feel. Exactly. And you got to walk your truth and what's yeah. what's right for you. And, I mean, you make a valid point because you, you don't get anywhere without your hustle and your grind. And, you if, know, you gotta got to make it work. You'd be amazed at how many people told me when I first said I was going to start doing modeling and I was going to New York Fashion Week or L.A. Fashion any of the fashion weeks, they would look at me and say, oh, you're a rapper. You're not supposed to be there. I do what I want. You do what you want. If you don't, if you want to sit around and do nothing all day, that's your. That's, that's what you want to do. But if I want to do this, this is what I'm going to do. That's how you're going to do it. And yeah. Like, and I 
that's such a backward way of thinking too, because as we said, music has had it's like it's, it's hand a, in hand it's with like fashion. Water, symbiotic, and you know these publicists and stuff will reach and get major artists and recording at the big shows, the front row, this that, and right. brand ambassador. So I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. You're a musician. You shouldn't. You should, be I shouldn't be in fashion. <laughs> But now I'm like hand in hand with it. You actually can't think of me without thinking of fashion. I'm like, tell that to Rihanna. I know. She's there all the time. ASAP Rocky. He's there all the time. But yeah. You know. What you gonna do? Right? Haters gonna hate. Right, right. Players gonna play. And I'm playing hard, baby. That's right. We go hard all day. I love it. I love it. Well, Ben, it has been such a pleasure um, having you on the show. The pleasure and is all mine. Finally having a minute to sit down and, you know, chop it up. Thank you so much for having me. Us. I appreciate you. Well, now, uh, if people want to download and, and buy, not just download, but oh, buy, yeah, you gotta Lavender, buy Lavender Sunset buy and support it. the artist, um, where can everybody go and so follow you we can go. Well? We can go to Spotify. We can go to iTunes. We can go to anywhere that listen that you stream music from. Just type in Bandit the Rapper, Lavender Sunset, and the whole album will be right there. And if you don't have anything to stream the music from, ask your friend, can you borrow their phone? That's and play right. it from their phone. I don't care how you do it. Just stream the music because it's going to make you feel good. And that's what I want to make everybody do at the end of the day. Awesome. And as far as social media, it's at Bandit the Rapper. That's on uh, just about everything. You'll see the little blue check next to it. Uh, it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Shoot, I might have. Uh, man, I got a lot of socials, but yeah, TikTok, they're all been. Yeah, yeah, they're TikTok. all Bandit the rapper. Yeah, I'm on TikTok. Right. I'm on, I'm on everything, but yeah, at Bandit the rapper. All right, and of course, you can uh, like and follow the Style and Empowerment Chat with Laura and Friends Facebook page. Like and follow me on Instagram at the Laura Masaryk. Uh, we're going to close out the show with some more great 80s hip-hop vibes. Now, next week, we ha- have some amazing distinguished guests. We have activist uh, Chris Perry, who is the executive director of Children and Screens Institute of Digital Media and Child Development, um, and also child psychotherapist Lisa uh, Denu, and she. We're going to be talking all about teenagers, self-esteem, the effect of social media, a lot of the things Bandit and I are talking about today we're going to go deeper into. And I'm also extra honored to have Chris Perry on our show because her and her wife um, were groundbreaking activists in the marriage equality and helped to get California um, laws passed. They were the couple that, that sued uh, California uh, in 2017 to be able to legally marry. They were one oh, of wow. the first couples in California. Um, she is a lifelong child advocate and gay rights advocate. So we're going to have some uh, enriching and, and deep conversations next week. So until then, you walk with purpose, uh, be fabulous, and we will see you next week. Awesome. Yeah, 
chocolate crossover. Yeah, we chocolate crossover. See me, Coco, Michael, I'm Coco, and I might go pop. Now it's about time that I clear this. So pardon me, miss, but I'd like for you to hear this. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. You see, I feel real good inside, and it's just from your nearness. There's no need for you to fear this. Kiss me, I'll kiss you back. Well, you look kind of cute to me. I think we can achieve this. Plus, you act like you need this. Kiss me, and I'll kiss you back. Yeah, real fly. Money B's not buying it. Quit denying it. You're better off trying it. Freak me, girl, and I'll freak you back. Through any kind of weather, we'll be and you forever stay together. Well, I just don't know, but I'll tell you what, though. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Kiss you back. And I guess you wanna know if I'm gonna be around. I ain't sure, but I'll tell you what I do know. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Kiss you back. Alright, let's do this. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Yeah, kiss me and I'll kiss you back. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. You with it? Cause if you with it, I'm with it. Yo. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. Yeah. Just kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. I'll kiss you back. I'll kiss you back. Now I'm hoping that you hear me, cause I love it when you hear me. And I'm telling you sincerely that if you kiss me, girl, I'll kiss you back. Cause I really, really, really like you, and I just wanna make it clear. <clears throat> We're gonna keep it fair and square. Kiss me, and I'll kiss you back. Yo, it's not funny. Real cute is what you say to me. But any other way you're playing me, if you love me, then I'll love you back. Love me, and I'll love you. When you say I get the most out of this, it kind of bothers you. A fair exchange and no robbery. Love me, girl, and I love you back. Now I'm hoping that you hear me Cause I love it when you hear me And you know I know you love it So I guess that we could do this Kiss me and I'll kiss you back Alright, sing it with me again, come on Kiss me and I'll kiss you back Come on, keep it going Kiss me and I'll kiss you back Yeah, ladies I'm cool. 
Then I might go far.